0: You know, we had a meeting on my calendar and it said moon kickoff. And, um, you know, you're just kind of like, okay, what is this? And I jump on and it's a meeting with rocket scientists and they're telling us that they're going to the moon and they want to do something fun with crypto. So obviously like that first thing, you know, we're like, okay, well, we got to put Bitcoin on the moon. Um, That just makes sense. Um, And I'm always kind of someone that's like asking questions of like, well, why or what does that mean? Or what's the purpose and so i'm like okay like that's cool we can put bitcoin on the moon but like what is why what does that mean like what what are we what are we gonna do with that and so i think just at one point i was like what if we did a treasure hunt and like in that moment everybody's eyes kind of lit up and they're like yes like that's what it is that's what we got to do um so 18 months later of development um we we ended up where we're at with nakamoto one and We're gonna be inscribing a private key onto a piece of metal. Um, That piece of metal gets bolted onto the backside of this rover. This rover goes on to a SpaceX rocket. The SpaceX rocket goes to the moon. And then it's up to the world to go get it. So we're gonna put a bunch of crypto, a bunch of NFTs on that, um, and challenge the world to, to go get it and go find it.
1: Welcome to Unraveling Crypto, where we simplify big and complex ideas in Bitcoin, blockchain, Web3, and tech, while connecting you with entrepreneurs, builders, and leaders building at the edge of innovation. I am Vane, your host. Welcome back to Unraveling Crypto. Today we have Ian joining us. Hi, welcome to the pod.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, so we met last week um, during consensus and it was tons of fun like meeting everyone and then i've been hearing about nakamoto one and then I finally meet you so it's pretty awesome like that we're able to get this rolling so fast
0: yeah i think in-person events are always exciting because things happen much quicker, Yeah, right? When you're standing across the table from each other and you're like, just you come on a podcast. It's like, great. That would have been, you know, a couple of days or a week over DMs. So yeah. it's always nice to meet people in person and just get things rolling.
1: For sure. So I love to start the podcast always with this question. What are you most grateful for right now?
0: Yeah. And that's <laughs> how long do you have? Um, <laughs> I mean, everything, right? I mean, if you want to go like super existential, I mean, just being human is is something to be pretty grateful for. But um, I think more granular and specific to myself is, you know, there's a, if you can find is just listening to Elon Musk talk about having love in your personal life and then love in your professional life. Um, You're a whole person. Mm. And I'm fortunate to have both of those things. I absolutely love my job. Um, I'm so grateful and fortunate to work on the things that I'm working on and do the things that I'm interested in every single day. And I'm also super grateful to have um, an abundance of love in my personal life as well. So um, I think that that's pretty special and unique, and I'm extremely grateful for that.
1: Ooh, I absolutely love this. Like to be loved and to love is like what life is about. So for sure. next question is, what's your superpower? So that thing that comes to you most naturally, probably been doing it since you were a little kid.
0: Yeah um probably just the ability to talk to people about anything and everything um which i guess maybe is a superpower at times and then like you know a a hindrance others um depending on who you ask but yeah i just love dealing with people um i love doing business relationships with people i love building teams i love empowering people i've been in positions of leadership before and i love um I think a, a really good manager is somebody who uh empowers the people that they're managing and it's it's about providing those people with what they need to be successful in their own lives and how they define success mm. um and i love doing that and so i think that that's always been something just like that interpersonal relationships with people has always been something that i've been um, fairly strong at and uh, that's probably my most valuable asset
1: yeah, well, that's definitely true because we met, like, at a Stacks event, like a pickleball, and you just come in, like, with a water bottle and, like, effortlessly talk. I'm, I'm definitely a little more on the awkward side, so learning from
0: you. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just when you realize that everybody is usually always caught up in their own heads and yeah. less thinking about you, then it frees you up to just kind of do your own thing. Yeah. Um, And most people want to see you win.
1: Yeah. Oh, look at you. Optimist. (laughs) Okay. So I want to know how long have you been in crypto? How did you hear about crypto? Maybe your like crypto story
0: a little bit. Sure. So I started learning. Well, the very first time that I ever heard about Bitcoin and crypto specifically was probably back in 2017 or 18. And my best friend, um, had told me about it and I was like, great, like, what do you use that for? And he's like, you use it to buy drugs. And I was like, that's never going to be go anywhere. Like, and that was, it just left my brain. Um, and then, uh, the end of 2020, um, I was starting a lot of like interesting businesses and, um, trying out a couple of different things. I had already, I just sold, um, a previous business that I built and um while i was like getting into some of these other things like doing marketing and um buying sprinter vans and creating mobile gyms in them, and like doing all these weird things um learn about nfts and that's what like really started the rabbit hole for me mm-hmm. um i have a lot of friends that are like b or c list celebrities or like athletes and um are constantly playing like the instagram game the content game and mm-hmm. so nfts really opened my mind to digital ownership um and i saw an opportunity for a lot of my friends to monetize differently and yeah um then i just went down the full crypto rabbit hole and um wrote a business plan and put it in front of the only person that i knew that knew anything about crypto which was joe vizani who's the ceo of lunar crush and i was like you want to fund me and he's like Nope, but you can come work for me. I'll give you a job. Um, which honestly, like looking back at this point, like I'm so grateful for um, that I have this job and um, I work in a in an environment that um, I'm allowed to think wildly and come up with crazy ideas and then see those through. So um, it's been a it's been a crazy short amount of time but it just feels like we've been doing this for like 15 or 20 years which is also kind of wild too
1: yeah that's the crypto space for everyone um it feels like you're doing life here in crypto but in a good way um so let's get into uh what you're doing right now you're the head of nfts um for lunar crush and you're Mm -hmm. leading the project nakamoto one but Give us a little bit of background on Lunar Crush and then we can get into the other stuff.
0: Sure. So Lunar Crush is a social analytics platform. So we um, we take a look at a couple of different asset types. So we look at cryptocurrencies, we look at NFTs, we look at stocks, um, and we measure the size health of communities talking about these things. So we aggregate across all of the different social networks, ranging from Twitter, Reddit, youtube um accredited news sources and we just see like who's talking about what and how many times they're talking about it and we go um you know as as wide from global metrics for for all of these assets all the way down to who are the specific individuals talking about an asset um you know are they credible people are they large influencers are they a you know a, a bot army um it can really range and um so that's really where where we started now we have our own token we um take a very web 3 approach to our business model so it's all token gated so just hold a certain amount of our token you unlock all of our data um we have a decentralized swap you can um, trustlessly swap across chain um i think 1300 different assets so we do a lot of different things, but it's it's at its core, we, we track the size and health of communities um, via social.
1: And I see you guys also are playing around with AI, and GPT, and I think that's really cool. I actually full-heartedly believe that crypto and AI together is like the
0: future, making things better. Totally, um, yeah, I think... No, go ahead, go ahead. AI tooling is interesting. I think Anybody in the tech space that isn't trying to figure out at least how can we use this internally to increase productivity is falling behind. Yeah. And then with all of the language models that are coming out, I mean, cleaning up our data, um, you know, scraping better and and finding things that we were maybe missing before, it's it's only just helping. So it's pretty wild to see um, how quickly the space moves and how much more powerful things will be.
1: Yeah. Well, 100 percent. I actually wanted to read a tweet from Lunar Crush um, that was sent a, a few hours ago about, um, like it says, 7.09 of all social posts across all cryptocurrencies are related to the Pepe meme, <laughs> the Pepe. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just absolutely crazy that we're in the times that we're living in and what we're seeing, like crazy ideas come to fruition and um It's pretty kind of awesome at the same time. It's weird and awesome.
0: Well, and it's all starting and happening on social now, Yeah. right? I mean, I think the the real like kick in the face for people to bring this to light was GameStop. Um, You know, a group of Reddit people came together and pumped a stock price. Like that was really the first time that I think uh, maybe the boomer generation realized the power of social media. Um, For people that are more crypto native, we've known this for a long time. Mm -hmm. Everything happens on Twitter. Um, and I think especially with just like Elon's takeover of Twitter and, um, you know, traditional media sources maybe becoming less trustworthy than they had been in the past, um, it's really coming to fruition now, like how important it is to have your finger on the pulse if you want. Breaking news happens on Twitter, it doesn't happen, you know, on, on the TV, on yeah. MSNBC or CNN. So if, it, if you're watching it on the news, it's old. So um, yeah, that's where that? Lunar Crush, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but that's where Lunar Crush comes in, and, and we try to provide a different layer of transparency into that news, um, and then especially some of those assets that you might be investing in.
1: Yeah, I mean, pretty cool. So then let's go into another wild idea that I was um, scoping out. So Nakamura, one, tell us how did, where does the idea come from, and what it is really.
0: Yeah. Um, So I guess to start, Nakamoto One is the first interplanetary treasure hunt, Um, which that just right there in itself, like that phrase is already sounds a little bizarre and weird. (laughs) Um, So basically what we're doing is we've partnered with a company called Lunar Outpost, Mm -hmm. Um, not to be confused with Lunar Crush, Um, but they build um, surface mobility for other planets. So they have projects on Mars, um, they have a project going to the moon um, later this year, and um, Joe Vazani, our CEO at Lunar Crush, and the Chief Strategy Strategy Officer over at Lunar Outpost are have been buddies for a while. And um, it sounded like uh, Lunar Outpost had been wanting to do something in crypto for a little while, but just didn't have like the right opportunity or couldn't mm-hmm. figure it quite out. So we came together, and um, they've got this this lunar rover going to the south pole of the moon, which no human or rover has ever been to. Um, We know very little about the south pole of the moon, but they're actually, um, they're actually putting 4G on the moon with Nokia, um, with this rover. And so we kind of tagged along and um, basically how it all came together, you know, we had a meeting on my calendar and it said moon kickoff. (laughs) And, um, you know, you're just kind of like, okay, what is this? And I jump on and, it's a meeting with rocket scientists and they're telling <laughs> us that they're going to the moon and they want to do something fun with crypto. So obviously like that first thing, you know, we're like, okay, well we got to put Bitcoin on the moon.
1: Of course, um, That
0: just makes sense. Um, and I'm always kind of someone that's like asking questions of like, well, why, or what does that mean? Or what's yeah. the purpose? And so I'm like, okay, like that's cool. We can put Bitcoin on the moon, but like, what is, why, what does that mean? Like, what do what we, what are we going to do with that? And so, I think just at one point I was like, what if we did a treasure hunt? And like in that moment, everybody's eyes kind of lit up mm-hmm. and they're like, yes, like that's what it is. That's what we got to do. Um, so 18 months later of development, um, we, we ended up where we're at with Nakamoto One and we're going to be inscribing a private key onto a piece of metal. Um, that piece of metal gets bolted onto the backside of this rover. This rover goes on to a SpaceX rocket SpaceX rocket goes to the moon and then it's up to the world to go get it. So we're going to put a bunch of crypto, a bunch of NFTs on that um, and challenge the world to to go get it and go find it for us.
1: Okay, yeah, this is definitely a really wild idea. It hasn't been done before, of course, obviously. Um, Like, how excited are you about this? Because it's also like you you just mentioned 18 months in the making. When is this going to happen? Tell us the process of that.
0: Yeah. So I guess even before that, like I'm a total space dork. Like I went to space camp as a kid. I don't know if it like gets much more dorky than that. So <laughs> this has always been like, you know, a fascinating topic for yeah. me—just science and space and <laughs> aliens. Um, and so <laughs> I'm super excited for this to be out, and and then to be working on this for such a long time—18 months or so and we've kind of been quiet about a lot of things and you know with government contracted partners we're not able to say a lot of things Mm um so it's been a long time coming so we've been public now for just about over a month um we are doing our first mint um this coming friday may 5th so we do we're gonna do a full moon mint so ideally in a perfect scenario we mint out you know, right away. Um, we do have a fairly high supply because of the game mechanics that I'm sure we can get into later. Um, but if we don't mint out, then minting will be paused and your next opportunity to mint will be the next full moon. So about 28 days. Okay. Um, so we're following a full moon cycle. And then the same thing, um, the moon is up typically for about 12 hours. That's like your nighttime period. So you'll have 12 hours to mint. Um, so we're super excited. That's happening May 5th. Um, and then the actual rocket launch doesn't happen until Q4 this year. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's kind of like a lot of different factors that can go into exactly those dates. Um, one, they don't announce them exactly, um, very far in advance, um, I think for national security reasons. And then there's a lot of factors that can like move that date around, like weather, Mm -hmm. you know, rockets aren't working or whatever that may be. So right now we're slated for Q4, um, but minting May 5th.
1: Yeah. Okay. Super cool. Well, Fun fact, too, I went to like multiple times when I was a child to like this um, Kennedy Space Center and a lot of things because I had like an aunt that worked there. And I thought at some point I was going to like work as an astronaut. But of course, that didn't happen. I
0: love that.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah. OK, so mint is this Friday. Um, what are what's the mint prize and how is the treasure hunt coming into play? I know yeah there's like tears of it so tell
0: us that so part of these questions that i was asking myself was okay great so we're gonna put a bunch of crypto on the moon and that's the treasure hunt aspect but for somebody who may not go to the moon or may not have any desire to go to the moon <laughs> how do they get involved where's the touch point for somebody like that so we've created gamification in the way that our nfts work so that you can kind of play along and feel that you're playing into this treasure hunt as well. So what we've done is we've created three different levels of NFTs. Each level has a certain amount of subtype NFTs. So for your level one, there is a rover, a wormhole, a flag and a helmet. So you need to collect each one of each of four subtypes on that level one. Once you have those, you come to the website. You burn those. So they're actually destroyed, pulled out of circulation, and you're delivered one new NFT on the level two. So you repeat that process until you have all three, uh, level two subtypes, which is a rocket, a map, and an orb. You burn those, you destroy them, and then you're delivered your final level three NFT. And that's your Android NFT. So the Androids follow a pretty standard, you know, PFP kind of collection model. They're all relatively like you know the same um, PFP style, but there's different traits. That's the final community that you really want to be in. Nice. That's the community that gets all of the holder benefits. Um, you're going to be able to get an invitation to come out to Florida and watch this rocket launch go up. Um, you get some utility on LunarCrush.com with a pro account, so you unlock all of our data um, and a bunch of other fun stuff. But that's kind of like the, the pattern that you need to move through um, to get your Android NFT and, and go through the treasure chest or go through the treasure hunt. Um one thing that I did leave out there was so 25% of all of the initial proceeds and 25% of all secondary sales um go to fund the treasure chest as well. So um again, even though you may not go to the moon. You can buy a couple of rad NFTs that were created by our amazing partner, Golden Wolf. Um, They're an award-winning animation studio who actually recently were just acquired by the Doodles NFT project. Mm -hmm. Um, But they've done work with um, Disney and Gatorade and Subway, and they've done like a bunch of commercials and stuff. Their art is absolutely amazing. So we partnered with them early on and they did all of our artwork. Um, So the pieces are just like, you know, obviously I'm biased, but yeah. I think in in the PFP world, we uh we we definitely stand out. <laughs> I
1: mean, I, I also, I mean, I think I encourage everyone to go to the website because I I went to it and saw like um you know how the PFPs, well not the PFPs, but how the NFTs are being made, and I thought it was really cool because there's quite a lot, and they wanted to add like somewhat of a human touch in a sense to it too. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I also read that 25% of other 25% of the proceeds or of what's going to be sold and the royalties as well is going to go to a community
0: like fund, right? Yeah. So you had it right. So 25% goes to the treasure chest. 25% um, gets held in a community marketing fund. And we're going to be doing a lot of different things with that fund. Um, one of the big things that we're doing is... Uh, we're donating a lot of money so a lot of that is going to bitcoin core development we're obviously all a little bit bullish on bitcoin over here so (laughs) we feel like um, providing towards core development there is important Um, we're going to be funding and donating to some rover um, uh, they're like uh, i'm totally blowing it because i'm not a scientist but Lunar Outpost has a has a foundation that they like to donate that funds robotics and and things like that mm-hmm. for children. We're going to be donating donating to that, um, and then the rest of the funds, you know, really kind of just get used for the community, whether that's events, merch, um, just like some fun stuff to do. So, uh, just kind of keep the project going for a little while there, and then uh, the rest of the fifty goes to the founding partners.
1: Yeah, well really awesome. This episode is going to come out on Wednesday. So May 3rd. So you have two full days to like dive into Nakamoto one and get ready to mint on on Friday.
0: Yeah, love that. So lunarcrush.com slash Nakamoto one um, is the landing page. um, And then there's a a nice big mint button there you can move over and mint. um, And then the burning process, all of that happens on that web, uh, that web page as well. So um, we've we've gone through a lot of strenuous detail to make sure that nothing has been overlooked, and that you know the experience here is um, a little bit more elevated than maybe people have been used to in other NFT projects. You know, again, it's like it's all about engagement, it's all about touch points. Um, so there's there's a lot of fun stuff on that website. Um, one thing I do want to say that I haven't talked a whole bunch publicly about so um we take the treasure yeah so we, we take the the treasure hunt aspect of this project pretty seriously um and so there are tons of hidden clues and little things for people to go find all over our website in our tweets um yeah, I'll leave that there, okay. but we're doing all kinds of fun stuff. And in um, Bitcoin Miami is coming up. We're actually going to do a, a treasure ch- a treasure hunt for $10,000 in Bitcoin as well. So we're always doing like a bunch of fun stuff. But for the people that really pay attention and look into the, the fine details and in, in between the lines, um, there's always something waiting for them there.
1: Ooh, I like this. So it's like way more than what meets the eye for sure. Um, I, I was gonna ask you something. Oh yes, when can you start doing like collecting everything, and can you burn pieces to move to level two? Like, can, is that gonna happen at a specific time, or since you mint?
0: Yeah. So we actually have um, we released a hundred NFTs, a uh, hundred level one NFTs, the week we went public, mm-hmm. um, and we actually made those free. Well, we listed them for one stacks. Um, so we we um, pretty much just made those available to the early community as kind of a reward. So um, we actually already have two Android holders, which is super exciting. Um, So there is um, a little bit of NFTs out there on secondary market. Um, So gamma.io, Nakamoto 1 level 1 is the level 1 NFTs, Nakamoto level 2 is the level 2s, and then Nakamoto Android are those Androids. Um, So if you want to go scoop up some level 1s, Go grab them on Gamma and then come over to slash Nakamoto one, and you can go through that combined process now. Mm. Um, and so it's out there, it's open, um, people have done it already. And then um, on Friday, you'll be able to mint. And then you'll be, once you have the, the subtypes that you need, all the NFTs that you need, you'll be able to go through that process right away. Um, so again, all of those holder benefits really come from the or go to the Android holders. So We want to incentivize people to get there as quickly as possible. We got a lot of fun giveaways coming up, um, specifically for Bitcoin Miami. Um, and then, if you want a Lunar Crush Pro account, same thing. Get to your Android, connect that wallet. Um, and then, um, we're also doing the first 25 Android holders are getting some of the concept art for the Androids. Cool. These, like Amazing, like hand-drawn art. So we've we've inscribed those as ordinals. Um, so you're going to get that airdropped to you. So yeah, we're doing all kinds of stuff there's there's a lot going on um a lot to dive into but um yeah it's all starting now
1: okay so pretty awesome with that definitely want to be one of the first 25 um with so it's on stacks right is this you mint on stacks and you can get it on gamma why did you guys choose to go through stacks
0: curious sure so <laughs> Tons of reasons, but I think that the most evident and clear is if we're sending Bitcoin to the moon, it really only makes sense that our NFTs are secured by Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, Stacks is really like the best solution for that, especially um, because we have smart contracts. You're moving your way through different levels of NFTs. You know, if this was just like a standard PFP and, you know, there really wasn't a whole ton of engagement that you needed to do, didn't need to move your way through smart contracts. And Potentially ordinals could have been an option, um, you know, storage size would have been a little bit of an issue there, but mm-hmm. yeah, we really just felt Stacks was like just the the best option for really what we wanted to do. Um, we've been bullish on Stacks for a long time and we've always kind of been looking for a project to do over there. And so it just finally made sense once we had this opportunity.
1: Yeah. I mean, ultimately, like you said, building on Bitcoin and that's what Stacks is really doing. Yeah. Um, I want to like reiterate this because I think that maybe if you're listening and some of the audience is kind of new, they're literally sending Bitcoin to the moon, <laughs> just in case you did not get that. Um, when does anybody, will anybody else have access to the private key or how will this work?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, we are taking tons of crazy steps to make sure that nobody knows the private key, um, which sounds interesting from a couple of different angles. But again, it's like how we don't expect anyone to just like trust us that we're not going to rug. So we're taking, you know, all these different steps to make sure that actually no one myself or anyone on my team or any of um, anybody from any of the contributing partnerships are going to mm-hmm. see or know the private key. Um, and then to, um, encourage consumer confidence even more, we're going to live stream that whole process. Oh. Um, so we're going to be um, out in Colorado um, at an undisclosed location <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll live stream the entire process. So um, what I'm working on this week and, and the following is, you know, going in and making sure that all of the details there. So basically what happens is we've created a custom CLI um to spin up a private key that ties to multiple public keys. So although our NFT project is on is on stacks and we're putting Bitcoin on the moon, um, we want to be inclusive as possible for the other chains. So um, we're including all EVM chains, and Ethereum, um, Litecoin, Doge, um, Bitcoin Stacks. Um, we're working on tezos right now we're also working on cardano um, and a couple of other chains so any of these communities are going to be able to send some crypto or their nfts that live on those chains to the moon Mm. Um, but the custom cli that we've built gives us one entry key one private key that ties to all of those public keys so we can just inscribe that one string onto the rover uh, and then it unlocks all of those wallet addresses Um, so We run that through the CLI. The CLI, this computer that's not connected to the internet, actually has never been connected to the internet, is plugged into this old uh, engraving machine. Uh, We're building, we've put like a box around the entire engraving machine so you actually can't see what's happening inside of there. We're going to reach inside to the box. Um, We'll put a piece of tape over the private key, piece of metal gets pulled out and then we hand off to Lunar Outpost. Lunar Outpost then goes and actually affixes the piece of metal onto um, the rover. And again, all of this process will be live streamed. So you'll have multiple angles. Um, You'll be able to see all the angles at the same time. Um, So nobody's like doing a quick (laughs) switcheroo or like writing anything down. Um, And I don't have a photographic memory. So even if I did see the private key, you, know, you It's couldn't not get it written it. down or backed up anywhere. Yeah, and then we're going to take all the hardware and we're going to go in the back and destroy it all. <laughs> so <laughs> just to further ensure that nothing has been saved. Um, yeah, cool.
1: so... So this is happening kind of a, next week, kind of, right?
0: Yeah, so it's happening soon. I don't know. I'm always like tippy-toeing around exact dates because, um, yeah. again, like government entities don't like to be super public with a lot of things so you'll have um enough notice um via twitter when that live stream's happening so um if anybody's interested in actually tuning in just make sure you follow us on twitter but it's happening in the next couple of weeks so we're really excited all
1: the details are coming on twitter so stay tuned um okay so i think this is also a pretty big deal because it's been many many years since we've been to the moon. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's happening sometime this year, hopefully. So Mm -hmm. what, like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, you know, why has it been so many years? I kind of want to go into a different route and pick your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Before we kind of close.
0: Sure. Yeah. So it's been 50 years since the United States has been back to the moon in any capacity that's human or autonomous Rover. Um, I mean, there's, there's tons of different reasons, I think, why that hasn't happened. But I think the underlying like easiest way uh, to talk about is just like the incentivization just wasn't there. Mm. You know, um, government funding was cut. Um, we just didn't make it a priority. And, um, only until recently, um, the private sector has really stepped up and started moving into that realm. So now we have companies like SpaceX and blue origin, um that have been really re-pioneering this entire industry um and i think that that's really you know there's a big tie to crypto there as well as like the democratization of innovation um when you can put these challenges out there and incentivize in unique and innovative ways um amazing things happen so we're excited to see the privacy privatization of um space exploration Mm. and we really see like us playing a very small role in that process as well now right so we're gonna put you know hopefully a couple million dollars or depending on the price of bitcoin in in five or ten years it could be a couple hundred million dollars worth of crypto potentially um on the moon and we're challenging anybody in the world to go get that and so Mm. i think a lot of people initially think and you know like well this is clearly just something for billionaires to go do, right? But it's like, it's not really necessarily true. Like Blue Origin right now, you can go to low Earth orbit. You can purchase a ticket for about $200,000, $200, which is a lot. I don't have $200,000 to go do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, But
0: I think with rocket reusability and, and a lot of other things, um, innovations that are happening over the years, that number is gonna come down quickly and drastically. Um, and so potentially getting to the moon, um, in some capacity, whether that's Rover capacity or human capacity, I don't think it's going to be as difficult and as costly as it is today. Um, and I think we try to want to push people to, to solve that problem, to yeah. think about it in a unique and different way and, and start to incentivize people in a, in a different way that hasn't been made available previously. Um, through crypto and and some of these other things um, to start doing that, start, start acting upon that. We need more dreamers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is something that we talked about when we were in person, and you were saying that you were just really, like, letting the innovation be and whatever people create out of that, and that's really where the magic is going to come. Um, like it's going to take place and i think that's pretty awesome cuz i mean at first i also thought too i was like okay well then probably a billionaire is going to go and grab that like um but people work in interesting ways and in how we're going to get there and time is flying and lots of technology is really shaping up and, and taking its own shape so quickly too so interesting to see what comes out of this um we are coming kind of to a close, but I have a few more questions that I'd love to ask you um, about what else like are you guys working on or are you working on that's exciting you in the space or whether if you're not working on it, like what's inspiring you the most?
0: Yeah, I think, I mean right now we're, it's still such like an early process in this project, the, the thing that I'm really most excited about is getting this community together um you know getting these nfts in the in the hands of people that are interested in the overall mission here you know we're going and speaking at mit and, and princeville and a lot of these other like cornell and um, a lot of ivy league um schools and talking to their engineering and their science and um you know their technology departments like those are the people that ultimately want to be a part of this project of course we want the people that like myself who aren't any of those things and just have a love for space and crypto and NFTs to be a part of this community, of course. But again, it's like we want the people that are going to really push the boundaries. And I think getting those people all together in a chat, you know, on console or, um, kind of united behind, uh, a common goal or challenge, um, is really what I'm most excited to see come from this. Um, And then to start to see like what they come up with, you know, like how how are you guys gonna go get this thing? You know, is it it a Rover? Is it, you know, is somebody just like banking on getting up there themselves? Like, um, I think there's a lot of things that are gonna be happening in in the next couple of years that are gonna enable this project to be much um, more achievable than I think people think it is now. Um, And kind of my favorite thing and Joe actually kind of like made this a point it's like i'm a pretty basic dude like i i'm not a rocket scientist i'm not a billionaire like mm-hmm. we were able to put something on the moon um like i think anybody else really could as well so i think it's always about being in the right place at the right time and wanting something more maybe than others um and pushing yourself to just push the boundaries a little bit think outside the box um you know tons of things are achievable if you really want it that bad and um, yeah, want to solve some issues.
1: Yeah, well, this is pretty awesome. And just reminding everyone, Mint's on Friday. Check it out. It's going to be really fun. Um, I want to go into a different direction with you, just asking you about how do you balance? Because I'm I'm really big into wellness, right? So how do you balance life and being in the tech space, um, you, I mean, you also love surfing, according to your bio and what you've been, you know, to your background too. So tell yeah, us like, right. um, yeah, what's your take on that?
0: Yeah, I think it's a, its an interesting point. <laughs> um, balance, there's, there's always a balance of balance. I think that there's always, you know, I, I'm not very, I'm usually an all or nothing person. So I'm not always the best at like, balancing things equally all of the time and i don't think that that is always what balance is so Mm. i mean there's weeks that i'm constantly doing you know 12 or 13 hour days for seven days because i have stuff i need to get done or there's a ton going on or i have deadlines um but then i think it's about making the time and and taking the opportunity once that period is passed to um, do what you need to do to recharge you know, so whether that's like taking a day off or taking a week off, or, you know, just, I think also knowing yourself and knowing what like recharges you is super important. You know, it, some people need to be social and need to go yeah. be surrounded by other people and spend time with friends to recharge, and others don't. Um, so knowing what you need to recharge in that time is really important. Um, but it's also just doing like what you need to do at that time right? Like that is sometimes the ultimate balance. Like if you need to take a break, then like take a break. Um, mm. But if you need to grind and like, you know, do a 60 hour week, then like grind and go do a 60 hour week. Um, so yeah, I think it's interesting. I think just doing what you need to do, but I'm, I'm pretty routine based too. You know, I take the dog for a walk every morning on the beach. I'm super grateful to live close to the ocean. Yeah. Um, so that definitely helps me balance like my personal life, you know, I've got a super supportive girlfriend that is great through all of this. When I'm pulling my hair out and stressing <laughs> out about things, you know, she's she's good at kind of distracting me when I need to be and and you know, going in the ocean and I think just finding those things that you need and that work well for you, and then making the time for them when that time is available is is important.
1: Yeah, I think you you said it really well because. I'm kind of the same. I like I'm an all or nothing type of person. So at times I'm like all in like wellness or meditation. And then at times there's days that there's just not enough space for that. And the balance is just always cultivated throughout the time. I mean throughout the week. Really, it's not like I do this and five hours out of your day is like self-care. That's kind of like impossible. Um right. Cool. So as we are coming to a close, I love to do what I call a lightning round. So it's a series of questions that you answer without thinking too much and just as fast as possible.
0: (laughs) I'm terrible at these.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, You ready, though? Sure. Okay. Your go to drink? Water. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what's your favorite book?
0: Ooh, um, a new earth at Cartole.
1: Ooh, okay. One piece of advice to share with the world right now:
0: um, just don't stop. Just keep working. Like, do do hard. Do the things that are hard. Mm. You know, do what's right.
1: Your favorite show?
0: Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like of all time is isn't like everyone's office or something like that. Like, yeah. you know, parks and rec, the office. I mean, those are just like timeless. You can always go back to it.
1: Yeah. Um, I watch them. I rewatch all of
0: those. Yeah. It's the ones that everybody's quoting, right? It's like yeah. all the memes.
1: <laughs> okay. So one thing you can't stand.
0: Uh, not doing anything. I, I have to be moving. I have to be doing something. Um, even if that's nothing, right? Like, if that is your time to do nothing, then, like, that's what you need to be doing.
1: Okay, deep. Um, your favorite place on earth?
0: Um, Honestly, where I live, here in San Clemente. It's, it's, I, I, every time that I leave, I question why I left. Um, I, I love being here. I'm super grateful to, to live here and live close to the ocean. We've got amazing weather almost all the time and um, all of my, activities that I like to do are, you know, within walking distance.
1: Okay, well, last question is, what do you love most about yourself?
0: Mm. Um, about myself, that's an interesting one. Um, I don't know, I try to be as open minded as I can. Um, I try to always be able to see things from other people's perspective as much as I can, which, you know, isn't, doesn't always work out. Um, I come from a unique background of different experiences. So I think, you know, trying not to judge people too quickly and um, just be open to whatever comes your way is usually um, sets me up for success.
1: Cool. Well, Ian, thank you so much for taking the time and like Connecting super quickly. I'm excited um, to see Nakamoto 1 um, come to life. Oops, come to life. And um, is there anything else or last words that you would like to say?
0: No, I'm stoked to be here. Thanks for having me. It's super fun. Um, I'm excited to see everyone come hang out in Florida at the rocket launch. Um, thanks for having cool. me.
1: Well, all of the links, so will be on the show notes and I hope everyone has a good day.